This episode of Camp Nightmare is brought to you by Wonder Book and Video. Go to wonderbk.com today. Gypsy Cab Studios and the Nerd Camp Network present Camp Nightmare, a podcast for happy campers. There'll be fun, fiends, and ghosts, maybe even a few murders, and of course, you're all invited. <laughs> Hey, campers, welcome back to Camp Nightmare. I am JB. And I am Jordan. And today we have a very special guest on the show. Last week we talked all about the Sleepaway Camp movies. So today we are welcoming the star of Sleepaway Camp herself, Miss Felissa Rose. And oh my God, is she one of the greatest people on this planet? She is a delight. I'm telling you right now, we had so much fun hanging out with Felissa on the episode. We were so lucky to have her. And her husband, Craig, even makes an experience. <laughs> her, husband, her husband makes an appearance. That's right. Yeah, we talk about uh, the Sleepaway Camp movies, of course, with her. We talk about um, her personal life a yeah. lot. We talk about a lot of the upcoming movies she has coming up because Lord knows the woman is in more movies than you can wave a surprise penis at. Yeah, and she, dude, she's got a really... Actually, you know what? I'm not even going to ruin it for you. Before we get into all of that, let's get into some What's New. So up first, we got something different. We got some art world news for you. See, we're, this is cultural. We, we provide culture. That's what we do here this on is Camp Nightmare. This is punk rock gone amok, is <laughs> so, what this is. So let me tell you a story about what happened most recently. So at the Louvre, where the, where the Mona Lisa is hanging, and an old lady arrived. She waited in line. She came inside. She wheels herself up to the Mona Lisa, and then she leaps out of her wheelchair, revealing... It's not an old lady at all. ...that she is actually... Some sort of art vandal slash, I don't know, anarchist or something. He had he has a message. I just have no fucking clue what it is. You know what it is? It's probably the soy bomb guy. The Remember w- the soy bomb guy? Ah, uh, yeah. And that danced on the yeah, stage yeah. during Bob Dylan's set at the AMAs in like 1990 or whatever. Soy bomb. Yeah. So this is like, that so guy. He, he tries to leap out and attack the painting. Uh. It looks, so the first time I watched the video, I was like, did he just throw a cream pie? Yeah, he, an entire cake. It's a cake. Okay. Yeah, so I th- thought so it was like a like a aluminum container with cream, with just like whipped cream in it. <laughs> like straight like up crusty, like a pie in the face yeah. gag. Yeah, yeah. So this cake. man, he tries to destroy the Mona Lisa. Gets stopped immediately by oh, yeah. security because it's the fucking Mona Lisa, <laughs> and you can't just run at it and attack it. You know, head on. the way you would run into a school in <laughs> Texas with an AR-15. Yeah. So I just want to put that in perspective, that it's easier to kill kids than it is to kill the Mona Lisa. The police would be nowhere to be found if it was a school full of children and it's he true. had a gun. It's true. They're all the at minute the Louvre. He wants they to were attack- at the Louvre. Yeah, they were at the Louvre getting ready for this person. So this person, who's not really an old woman, uh, gets stopped, but since they can't attack it head on, they proceed to throw a cake at the Mona Lisa. Um you know why? I, I know he has a message. Ours is but not a, to what ask is it? why. That's the thing is that his, his think- whatever his why is is one hundred percent subjective, right? And you're probably not going to agree with it. But it's like rather n- than ask why, take take a step back from the whole thing mm-hmm. and just appreciate the madness of this. I like, like it better if it's just an act of of pure dada, just randomness. I like to think it's a statement, albeit misplaced statement, about the. 
horrible inequity in our values as a culture, right? Okay, sure. That's the only, like, I've been going over this but for a bit. That's the only thing I can think that would justify what he did to me. But who, when you ask them, what to you is the single thing that represents copious, uh, gratuitous wealth in the world? Nobody goes, the Mona Lisa. You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody goes, fuck that bitch in that painting, because she represents everything that I hate. No one says that. So, like, what is this dude getting at with throwing a cake? Is he going to throw the cake and he'd be like, animal rights? And I'm like, okay. But why would that make any more sense than what I said? It do- neither of them makes sense. Exactly. That's what I'm That's saying. What I'm, it's subjective, man. <laughs> it's you know what? So what? I mean, yeah, if you're out ju- there listening to this and you know about this story, you're going to read about this story. Yeah. I want you to do something for me, kids. <laughs> I want you to come up with your own reason that he did this, and I want you to hold that. Because that's, yeah, that's, that's yours. Because that's yours. You can keep that. I like to think that he just really hates that painting. It knows what it did. He's just like, it's not even that Fuck good. Her. Yeah, he's a, no. he's a failed artist, right? And Mona Lisa represents the goals that but he you will know never what? achieve. We may have stopped the next Hitler. That's all I'm saying. You know who else was a failed artist? Hitler. Yeah. Maybe if someone had just let him throw a cake at the Mona Lisa, you know what? Would have been, you never know. You know how he would have succeeded if it, if once the old lady leaped out of the wheelchair and and disrobed that it wasn't actually a man. It was two children. Uh, one on her shoulders, and then they hit the flanks and attack it at the same time. You can't get both those kids. Well, you maybe you can, but you might not. I am convinced that one day Jordan is going to zip down his face, and he's actually just two children <laughs> in a Jordan suit. I've, and I've been dropping hints all these years. <laughs> yep. Like, it's the kind of thing that once I do it, and people are like, do you, was there ever any red flags that he was actually two children on it's top of their like shoulders? It's going to be like watching Sixth Sense for the second time. And, and that he was actually just wearing an overcoat, and everyone's going to be like, oh, you know what, actually, yeah, quite a few. All the time. Quite a few of those. All the time, honestly. <laughs> so um, anyway, that's our <laughs> art world news. That's us providing culture. You're welcome, everybody. Speaking of how freakishly tall you are, did you <laughs> see Sean Cochran, our buddy Sean Cochran's comment thread on that picture of no. you, Bree, and I? He was like, you guys talk about Jordan being so tall, but this forced perspective makes him look like he's 12 feet tall. And I was like, that's not forced perspective, Sean. It, it's not forced. Pers- I'd say it's it's massaged perspective. It's it's the real height difference between <laughs> Jordan and it's a, I. It's lightly massaged. So up next, I want to, we got some Stephen King news, mm. which we always love to bring you. So he may and be this writing is something a, unexpected. He may be writing a sequel to Cujo. What does that mean, though? So, so he's, he even has a title for it. He says it's called Rattlesnake. So my immediate thing was like, okay. Everybody dies. Cujo was a dog who was bitten by a bat. And this is a book about a snake. What is going on? I don't know. Maybe the, the parents don't die. Tad dies in the book. That's so true. This could follow up years later with like the, the parents and see what they're doing. But I mean, nothing is real, man. Or like, maybe what if this is an ent- <laughs> like a whole separate different animal gets rabies like you know stephen king would never do but this like, this is so not right, him so but what if he thing. just did like what if a bear got rabies and trapped you don't a know man he's at the end of his life he may do some crazy shit don't say he's but at like, the end of- i mean he's look i'm not saying he's gonna die tomorrow but that don't man is for that. sure in the last quarter of his life don't, he's in his prime all right okay. don't put that energy out oh, there man he's gonna live forever okay <laughs> no he- Yes, 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 he will, Jordan. Thank I'm, you. I'm sorry. Thank you. Was that um, so hard? But so I don't think so. Here's my question. Yeah. One, do we need this? No. We always need more Stephen King. Yeah. You're not wrong, but like I just I just would like him to be more focused. Well, I'm like, what angle are you gonna take? Because Cujo is also in a shared universe of a lot of stories. Oh, so that brings me to my number two. Is this is a story about a rattlesnake with rabies? Like <laughs> Is that possible? It's a, 
I'm sure it is, but that's <laughs> what the it's fucking unnecessary. Like that's it's horrifying. Ra- it's already a rattlesnake. That's like giving like, a great white shark rabies, Cujo and you're just like, was, I'm not going to survive getting bitten by you in the first place. But now I right. somehow have rabies too. Cujo was not like a timber wolf before he had rabies. He was a really loving Saint Bernard. <laughs> yeah. There's something, there's like a, there's a narrative there. Like, like if there's an emotional circus, narrative. Like a circus elephant gets rabies. And That's he's been, what, yes. And he's been abused in the circus by clowns oh, and man. shit. man, I would watch that. I would read and watch that. See? It's, you gotta have, it's an animal revenge story. I don't know. Stephen King, we trust you. Stephen King's stamp. We trust you. <laughs> and up next in Scream News, because you know that we're always following this Scream movie, and you know what? This, I believe, justifies... All everything we've saying, said. Everything we've been saying. Neve Campbell herself released uh, at Monster Palooza this past weekend the fact that she is not returning for Scream 6. And her reasoning, despite what I've been seeing some recent headlines saying, her reasoning that she gave is that she did not care for the script. She said it did not do the character of Sidney justice, and she didn't uh, want to be involved. And what I read, I read a quote. Yeah. Or she was like, given the amount of myself and work that I've put into this series and like creating and developing this character and this incredible arc, she was like, what they offered me to make this movie was less than what I feel like I'm worth to this movie. Ouch. Ouch. That's like the most badass thing an actor can say. And it's not arrogant, right? No, no, she wants to create quality. Like she's literally saying what she's reading is not quality up to what she expects out of this franchise and she's not going to be a part of it so yeah uh and this also validates everything you've been saying for a long time which is that they're going to lean way harder into this new cast I think they've, they've soft, established i'm telling you i think it's a soft reboot right so even if she had agreed to i'll bet you the script kills her off in this movie in a really shitty way that's what i think too. or she becomes the killer finally like yeah. she finally cracks and then they have to kill her both of those, I, I are like yeah. are like stupid. If I to was me. her, I would be like, really, I, I've put twenty five years and, <laughs> or I'm sorry, twenty some odd years and like, and you do me like that. How many movies into the series? And yeah, no, I that's that's exactly the vibe I get. They wrote some weird death in for her or made no. her something stupid. So no, Nave Campbell in Scream Six. I've said this already. I will watch as much of Scream Six that I need to. Sure. To find. I will watch as much as I need to to find out whether or not Gail Weathers dies. I mean, I will watch the whole thing. And I'm like, going to tell you right now, if I get to the end of that movie and Gail Weathers doesn't die. <laughs> I mean, Oh, yeah. I'm counting on that. But, I mean, I feel like we're in this special genre of, as, like, horror fans where we're kind of, it's totally kind of expected. And I love this, where, where uh, horror fans are like, wow, that movie was terrible. Yeah, of course I'm going to see the next one. You know, there's like not a there's never a moment of hesitation whether you're going to see the next one. I saw every single Saw movie in the fucking theater. All right. (laughs) Of course, it's diminishing returns, but you're going to be there. I'm not judging anybody. No, (laughs) never, dude, because that's what that's what we're all about. I know what you like is what you like. I saw Halloween Resurrection in the theater, bro. Oh, ouch. Talk about like an actress who should have said this is not a quality. This is this. Yeah, no, Jamie Lee Curtis should have read that script there, and been like, this is not right. The script is like one of many reasons she should have said no to that. <laughs> she just should have slapped whoever asked her to do that. Yeah. Uh, so last up, Jack Osborne, everybody's favorite Osborne, right? Sure. Okay. Uh, he and Jason Mewes, everybody's favorite Jason Mewes, Every- <laughs> yeah. uh, they go looking for Bigfoot and Jack Osborne's Night of Terror on Discovery+. Plus. I don't have Discovery+, Plus, but now, god damn it. <laughs> 
This is how these streaming services get you. Now I gotta go get Discovery Plus so I can watch Jack Osborne and Jay, and Jay from Jay and Silent Bob fucking wander around the forest at night looking for Bigfoot. So, I'm so into this idea. Yeah, I wonder how serious they are about it. Or I, like, the, there's either two ways they're gonna go. One is gonna be like, haha, we're idiots in the woods looking for Bigfoot. Nah, uh-huh. the trailer makes it look like they're real serious about okay, it. Okay, cool. That's the way I was hoping they would go because that's like, <laughs> yeah. they're like new but career, it's also Jay. career move. You it's know? also Jay from Jay. Jay and Silent Bob. So like, when he gets legitimately scared, he reacts like Jay from Jay and Silent Bob would, <laughs> and it's fucking hilarious. And I'm into it. Sure. Um, this so is yeah. also, I mean, I'll admit this is a dumb idea, but a dumb idea that I want to watch. Unlike when uh, Demi Lovato went UFO hunting with her friends, right? Which is all an equally dumb idea, but for some reason one I don't want to watch. That show made ancient aliens look credible. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. how bad Demi Lovato's UFO show was. Ancient that- aliens started as credible. They were just like, they should have been like a one season and done, but they just wanted know, to keep man. going. Like the first couple episodes are honestly like, they basically wrap up everything you need to know about ancient alien theory in like episode one or two. You ever notice how the experts <laughs> they on stretch ancient, it? You ever notice how the experts on ancient aliens are always like, there's like one dude that has a doctor in front of his name, but he teaches it like, like an appellate community college somewhere in like North Dakota and like is in no way like the most qualified person in the in ufology and, and then everybody else that's like a panelist or an expert is like some dude from a ranch in Texas that says he saw a UFO or like George Sakinopoulos whose only credential is oh, yeah. that he publishes Ancient Aliens magazine he, <laughs> He's but, a self-proclaimed expert. Okay? But we still watch them wrapped with attention. Like, sure. Well, because they're fascinating. It's also, I feel like Ancient Aliens to me represents that um, the threshold for, of Discovery Channel from when they made like educational content that True. actually had a purpose to like what they do now, which is purely entertainment. And like yeah. Ancient Aliens started like right at the shift. And like continued on and became and just leaned more into the entertainment. Like they don't, you know, teach anything. Same with Nat Geo, more or less. Like yeah, but Nat Geo's got the world according to Jeff Goldblum. So like sure, yeah, no, Nat Geo's way more uh, legitimate to me now than Discovery. But either way, Jack Osborne, Jason Mewes, Bigfoot coming at you. Jack Osborne's Night of Terror. <laughs> All right, so that's it for what's new. Up next, we got stream at Pixar. We have a full list of Felissa Rose movies. This no way encompasses even a fraction of the movies that Felissa Rose is in. In fact, most of these are from the same year. <laughs> so yep. so here we go. Up first on Peacock, Tubi, and Pluto TV, Victor Crowley from Which, 2017. Amazon Prime, A Nun's Curse, 2019, where Felissa plays the nun in question. Spoiler alert, the curse is virginity. <laughs> Next, Tubi, Death House, also from 2017. What a, what, a, what a great and terrible film Death House is. Yes. Unendingly entertaining, though. And it stars everybody. Yep. Anybody who's of. ever been in a horror movie is, is in <laughs> Death House, like at least briefly. And Felissa Rose is included in that. Up next, also on Tubi, Claude, 2017 as well. It's the only one I haven't seen. And up next, our short film of the week. The Smiling Woman 5, which stars Felicity Rose. There are four more of these out there? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, they're weird. But Felicity Rose brings you know, a certain quality to the fifth one. Okay. So I suggest it. Fair. All right, so let's get into this interview with Felicity Rose. Before we do, I just want to say, once again, she's a really, really lovely 
empathetic person. Like she yeah. is somebody who really loves the community that she's a part of. Uh, and I think that'll come across almost immediately. Uh, and and thank you so much to her poor husband who got like roped into being part of this interview as well. The one the one last thing I want to address before we and uh, before we bring Felicia in uh, in a portion of this interview we do talk about the trans community and this movie's impact on the trans community. And I think Felicia has some really heartfelt and wise things to say uh, regarding that. Um, and the reason I'm talking about that is because it is the month of June, and you may have noticed that we haven't done like a specific Pride centric episode. Um, or an LGBT-centric episode. And it's it's because Jordan and I feel like pride should exist outside the month of June. I think that we sort of made the unconscious decision that like we celebrate and try to represent and include our LGBTQ community as much as we can throughout the year. So like we just didn't want to seem performative. Yeah. So anyway, that said, let's bring Felissa into the room. If you guys have been to many horror conventions, you might have met her in the past because she's at so many of them. So let's welcome to the show, Felissa Rose. <laughs> Check it. It's Friday night. It's 1990-whatever. You just got off your shift serving overpriced lattes. They're delivering pizza. Whatever you did in 1990-whatever. It's Friday night. Don't you wish that there was somewhere you could relive the simple pleasures of Friday night in the 90s? At Wonderbook and Video, you can. Wonderbook is the premier location in Maryland to find your favorite music, books, and movies, including VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray, to buy and rent. And we're not just shilling for the man. We can personally tell you their horror selection is amazing. Not from Maryland? Eh, nobody's perfect, hon. But you could still go to wonderbk.com and check out their online catalog, including rarities and collectibles that you can't find in the store. So what are you waiting for? Go to wonderbk.com right now. <laughs> Melissa Rose, thank you so much for cutting the time out yeah. of your day to join us tonight. Aw, thanks for having me. So so obviously we're going to talk about Sleepaway Camp at some point, but we don't, I don't want to focus on Sleepaway Camp because I feel like that's what everyone wants to talk to Wait, you about. Wait, what's I, Sleepaway Camp? Exactly, okay. exactly. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about you because like I, I did a deep oh, dive. Oh. I researched you and it's, you have had an amazing life, man. Um, oh, <laughs> Fucking, uh, That's so sweet. So, all right. That's so true. let's start with the fact true. that you're a New Yorker, which is awesome. My whole family is from Queens. So, like, <gasps> I appreciate that. Ah, oh, thank you. You grew up in Woodbury. So, first of all, Woodbury is cool because it's, it's suburbia, but it's right next to New York City. Yeah. Do you think that that, like, growing up in proximity to New York like that, do you think that influenced your interest in acting at all? Absolutely. 100%. Because I took all of my lessons in New York City. Awesome. And it was terrifying. Yeah. Because those were like the real Broadway teachers who were like, do it and do it right. So if you can, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Sure. If you could make it in those classes. You certainly have like fucking balls, so to speak. You oh, know? Yeah. And I guess you just had access to all the best instructors just with your proximity to New York. I loved my teachers. I definitely owe everything to. Is this audio a little better? I'm outside. Yeah. Now. Yeah. That's absolutely. Nice. Okay. Um, I think I, I really had like the greatest teachers. They became some of my closest friends and they supported me and they really, I was really insecure as a kid just like any adolescent sure, and they yeah. really kind of instilled a lot of confidence in me. And, and that gave me the, the drive and the ambition to go forward. So who thanks some, to them. Who were some of your favorites? Um, Deidre Alexander okay. was like my, I actually, she was my teacher throughout my 
kind of like from nine years old to about 13 when I landed sleepaway camp. So uh, she was very important in my life. Haven't spoken to her in years. And, and then all of my teachers in college, I, um, I went to teach school of the arts at NYU and yeah. all of those teachers were amazing. And Adam Sandler was there and he even put a couple of our teachers in his films and <laughs> it was just like a family. So you felt very comfortable. I know, I know a few people who either know or have hung out with Adam Sandler and everyone that I've ever <laughs> spoken to has said that he is one of the sweetest people alive in real life. He's the sweetest person. He's just exactly like you imagine as you see him on TV and in film. He's just funny and down to earth and awesome. And I took it for granted that I was in his room during his college years listening to him play the guitar and smoking and all that good stuff. (laughs) Little did I know. Listening to him concoct his future bangers. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So here's the question then. If you didn't train yourself in getting into acting and land the role in Sleepaway Camp, what do you think you'd be doing if you weren't an actor? I say this every day. I love children. I love kids. I, I, I adore children. I really wanted to be a preschool teacher. I was hmm. at to lunch with friends today and I was talking about um, how deeply I love my kids and had I started younger, I started really late because I thought I should party until I was like, you know, 106 um, <laughs> and had it stopped. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I mean, so, no judgment. I mean, I'm 40. I'm 40 and I'm having my first child in October. So I feel you. And I'm going to, the party's not stopping here either. So. No, fuck no. No, exactly. I had my son at 40 and, um, you know, I had a big bash <laughs> and had a couple of glasses of wine. Yeah. Hell yeah. I don't know. I, I love life. I love life. I love people. I am so grateful for anything that has to do with travel, people connecting, talking to you. I'm just really thankful. Hell so yeah. thanks for having me. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, of course. We're so happy to have you. And, and piggybacking off what you just said, you love travel. What are a couple of your favorite cities in the United States or actually in the world? Where, where are your couple of top in the cities? world? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, I'm a huge fan of Hawaii. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. So give me Maui or Honolulu any day. I don't think I've I... ever met anyone who's who hates Hawaii. <laughs> Someone's like, you know what sucks? The beach, Hawaii, <laughs> coconuts. Right. I'm saying something completely crazy. <laughs> um, I love um, I love Europe. Sure. I love I love our country. Uh, we have. So many beautiful um, cities all across our great nation. And I've been so fortunate last week. I was in Nashville. Amazing. Mm, hell yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Atlantic City the week before that. Like, really and truly, I try to take time out when I'm at conventions to um, sort of take in the landscape, people, food. I love eating. The food. Hey, yeah, you got to yeah. try the food. All right, all right, all right. Who's got, who has the best pizza? <laughs> Come on. Well, she's a New Yorker. Gonna say, a she's going to say it's New York. It's a trick question. New York it's obviously has the best pizza. The best pizza in the world. When I took my kids there for the first time, I I couldn't wait for them to to devour what I grew up on. Which and was? they were like, this is badass. It's like Mama Mia's in Manhattan. Midtown. Oh, hell yeah. Mama it Mia's. was incredible. And I have pictures because they were videotaping me like, you're nuts. Um, you're our not, but okay. So yeah, it was great. It was amazing. I I think every New Yorker has their own favorite pizza place, right? Like, I think so. I mean, it's almost a competitive sport to try and find the most like hole in the wall, but best pizza place that there is. Yeah. The deepest cut. Right. But also like my family's in Brooklyn too. And Queens and 
I'm so happy that I came outside to get away from dogs and they let them out so that I could deal with that. I was going to ask. It sounds like you got a doggy there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, of course. I live in a zoo. I live in a zoo. We're big pet pet people. I have two dogs, two weenies. Dachshunds? Oh, so cute. Yeah. Um, What are their names? Sugar and Cosmo. <laughs> and nice. we rescued them. So I take it upon myself for all of the, you know, um, emotional <laughs> strife they've been through because they need a lot of attention. And I'm so happy because the, I I also love animals like yeah. between yeah. kids and animals. I, I I could die happy if I'm like in a in a playpen with them. We are so. we are strong supporters of uh, rescuing and adopting. Oh uh, my gosh! Yeah, yeah. yeah. From good. really early on, I started my kids. We um we we work at the shelter at the mm. local animal rescue shelter. Cool. So and and it's so good for kids because it gives them great perspective and it helps the it, it, you know helps helps the animals helps the kids. It's just really good being around animals. Yeah, it helps develop compassion early on too with the animals. Yeah, I've read so much about how important. It is for children to be surrounded by animals because yep. of their emotional growth. It really, and I, I watch my kids with, with our dogs and it's so sweet. It's just really yeah. nice. I think there's a, a sort of almost instinctual empathy that animals have that human beings maybe don't. Uh, and I, it's, I think that kids learn that from animals, just sort of an instinctual ability to like bond with something else. Right, like that's not necessarily a very human characteristic. But yeah, you see I don't it in animals think just yeah. kids either, because I think just being around dogs just generally is good for anybody or, or animals so in good. general. It makes right? you just feel so better, good. Right, you could be stressed out, anxiety ridden, but just, like if you're holding oh. and petting an animal, like that's not going to last too long. It's just going to melt away. And you look in their <laughs> eyes, and it's like you just there's just so much yeah. love between. Oh, I, I adore my babies. They sleep on top of me. I love them. Oh, they're, they're pure, yeah. right? They're animals. They're just pure. Oh, so, so beautiful. <laughs> so I I didn't know this before today, but you're married to Darren Miller of Camp Kill Yourself. I am yeah, that married is wild. to that. Yes, he is right here. That that's is awesome. wild. <laughs> you guys are like a, a hell of a power couple. I think. Yeah, dude, that's oh, the most punk rock shit ever. Um, <laughs> and it's been 20 years that's amazing Congratulations. that's awesome that's amazing <laughs> thank you i'll congratulate him he's put up with me for 20 years <laughs> and you guys have even starred in a, in a movie together so there's got to be a lot of energy between the two of you how do you guys ground that how do you keep it down to earth or do you even do you even try to keep it down to earth do you just let it like let's see what happens. Ah! Or they just start petting a bunch of animals, and just we just pet a lot of animals. That's he's fair. like, inc- he's he'd prefer to live in a in a world that's just animals. He doesn't I, even dude, want to be I around. I can people. I can relate to that. <laughs> he's like, I just yeah, want to be really an animal. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Yes, yes. Um, he is just super cool. We, it's so funny. Like, uh, I, I, our relationship is has been you know, an incredible, it's been an incredible journey. We have three kids and, um, we met because he enjoyed sleepaway camp when he was 12 and he told <laughs> his parents that he was going to marry Felicia Rose. Aww. And so then he kept harassing me and I was like, Get, you know, bug off kid. Um, I'm seven years older and he finally came over to the, to the return to sleepaway camp set in 2003 
Um, and that's where we met. I met the whole band. They all flew out on a red eye so that he and I could meet. And that weekend he was like, want to get married? Want to move to California and have kids? And I was like, okay, let's have more drinks. Um, and that, <laughs> <laughs> and that's really been, it's been, it's a lot of fun. I think we're really chill, you know, it's, sure. uh, we just watch horror movies and play with animals. That's Excellent. cool. What's your guys' favorite horror movie to watch? Oh, it's without a doubt uh, Halloween. Oh, oh excellent. yeah, excellent, classic. Yeah. All right. classic. He's like Halloween in insane person. I'm Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, yes. that's my franchise. What, did, my favorite what are one. your thoughts on the new one that just came yeah. out on Netflix? Oh my god, don't don't kill me. I have not even had. There are three movies what? I'm dying to see. I know. Don't no, kill I, I cannot blame you. You're probably the hardest working woman in horror right now. So I'm surprised you <laughs> have time to do anything at all. Yeah. It's it's that. It's it's Texas Chainsaw X and Scream. Oh. We, yeah. I can't even believe I'm saying this. I haven't seen X yet. I don't, I'm not even going to say what I think. I want you to watch this movie and right, form fair. your own opinion. I won't influence your decision. <laughs> but X, <laughs> we've like, been told nothing but me. good. We haven't seen X yet, but we've been told nothing but amazing things about it. And I'm mad at oh, myself God. for not having seen it yet. Well, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Ty West. I like yeah, his style. Ty West in general. Like he's. Yeah. 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 I'm, I really am quite interested. And and um, and the new Texas Chainsaw. I was at Cult Classic. And we were talking about it on a panel. I was on a panel with Joe Bob Briggs, Dave Sheridan, and Darcy. And we had a whole discussion about it. uh, We hadn't seen it, but it was quite interactive with everyone who was there because most people had seen it and had quite the reaction. And I'm a huge Terrifier fan, so I was listening to Damien Leone is like my god. I think he's a master. We had uh, David Howard Thornton on the show last year. (gasps) Yeah, he's, he's, he's my buddy. Dude, yeah, he's great. He, you want to talk about somebody who is to their core a New York stage actor? David Howard Thornton. That man like, right that there. Guy, uh, he is. You only oh. have to talk to him for like two minutes to be like, oh, you're a theater actor. Hey, yeah. well, I got some Berman. Yep, yep, <laughs> exactly. I, I could do a great David Howard Thornton imitation. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> he was so much fun, though. We really we had a great time. I am obsessed with him. I love him so much. I'm super close with him and Damien and I actually am such a fangirl that I I stalk anyone I love. I stalk, so I stalked them at New Jersey HorrorCon like three years ago. She stalks and because she loves. The, that's how it's uh, healthy. Oh my god, that's what I say. Like uh. I stalk because I love. <laughs> uh, I stalked Adam Green. That's how I got in Victor Crowley. You know. Oh great! See, yeah, yeah she's stalking her way into well movies played. now. That's amazing. I'm just gonna stalk Quentin Tarantino next. That's how we got you on the show. We stalked you onto the show, I think. <laughs> no. It works. works. People, stalking works. Okay. It's yeah. It does. My husband, we call him the lazy stalker. My husband wasn't like an aggressive stalker. No, he yeah. was like, he went on Jackass and he wore my Angela face on his T-shirt on the first episode. No, you can admit it. He well stalked done. his way into your life. It's fine. Well done. We all, he did, we yeah. all did it. Yeah, we've all, we're all stalkers. Well, I mean, is being married to somebody who's that, you know, who is at least Jackass adjacent. Like, <laughs> do you ever just come home to like wild stunts being done in your backyard? Like someone just hurling well, a porta potty across your backyard? It's funny you say that because there was before we had kids, when we first moved in together, we also lived with Rab himself. Oh, oh no. Wow. That, what? yes, I, and that's when we were really in our heyday of partying. Like, my husband and I would 
call this place called Pink Dot at 9 a.m. for a bottle of Jaeger and a pack of Parliaments. Hell that yeah. was their diet in like, you know, <laughs> 2004. Oh, my God, <laughs> you're my hero. Kids. I'm on a liquid and tobacco diet. That's all we did. And then we would fight all day. We'd be like, we drink the bottle of Jaeger and then fight. And then somehow we'd be okay the next day. <laughs> so we're still alive. Well, that's what a bottle of Jaeger Jaeger's does. I was going to say, Jaeger's a fighting alcohol. Like, I had a buddy in college. It is. I had a buddy in college who used to say that no matter what mood you're in, when you start drinking Jaeger, when you're done, you're going to go find a stick with a nail in it and just start swinging it at people in a parking lot. <laughs> that's like, what it does. It's it is. It's a fighting liquor. Yes. Yeah. They should, just, they should just lean into it for the marketing at this point. It's a fighting liquor. <laughs> oh, and actually, you mentioned Dave Sheridan, and uh, you did a movie. Yes. You've done a number of movies with Dave Sheridan. Twenty nine movies. That's wow. amazing. It's amazing. I deserve a medal. Yeah, you do. Yeah, but one of them yeah. you shot right here in our backyard, Bloody Summer Camp, <laughs> with Dave Kerr. Oh, yeah. I am a little bit obsessed. Want to talk about stalking? I'm obsessed yeah. with Dave Kerr. Yeah, I love him so much. Yeah, we're uh, we're very close friends with Matt Burns as well. He's like one of our dear friends. Yeah. Oh my, yes, Matt that's how a, we met. Yeah. I love Matt. Will you be at Carolina Fear Fest? I don't I think don't. we're gonna be able to make it. This yeah. Year. So, like I said earlier, my my wife is currently pregnant, so I have to limit oh. the places that I go this year. Like I have to limit the cons that I go to this year because I have to be like Johnny on the spot. And, yes. pre- and prepared for anything. So yes, don't drink any Jaeger. Be no, there for fuck her. no. I agree. Yes, yes, I'm with you. But yeah, Matt's great. He used to book the punk rock shows in our <laughs> area when I was yeah. in high school, so my bands <gasps> would play. And then, uh, so I knew him through like punk rock shows and music growing up. Then we'd like, you know, the bands stopped happening, whatever. Fast forward like a decade, I reconnect with this guy at a horror con, and both of us are in like the genre world now. Totally separately. That's so, so cool. Yeah, Matt's, it's Matt's great. No, Matt's guy. a fantastic guy. He is a force of that. nature. Yes. Like it is just <laughs> yeah, he is. when he starts talking, it's just like, man, I can only understand like every third word. He, but, like, he loves it so. <laughs> but, but like, he's got to be good. speaking wisdom, and he loves it so much more than like anyone else. He yeah. just really loves indie yeah. filmmaking, indie horror. Yeah, that's what I love. Anyone who's passionate about anything, I'm obsessed with them because that just shows their how how amazing their heart and their soul is like when you're just so completely immersed in something and like just love it with everything so cool so it's the best Hell yeah. yeah that's the kind yeah. of people we want to surround ourselves with that's right? all i care about yeah so, so let's let's pivot to sweep away camp real quick i love i love that word can we all say pivot pivot <laughs> i got it can we Jordan. say it like really like elongated though let's pivot pivot <laughs> yeah. somehow you got to put multiple t's at the end yes <laughs> So my, I think Jordan's got some questions about Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. My big question about Sleepaway Camp, when you were making it, when they were making it, do you think they were aware of the impact it would have on trans culture? Do you think they knew what they were doing or do you think it was just sort of a narrative plot device? Zero, nothing. I think, and I wish I really knew, and that's why we're embarking on this documentary so that I could sit with Robert Hiltzik and get the real info mm-hmm. because- Anytime I've spoken with him about it, and it's not too often because it's not like we're always together and I'm like, come on, let's shoot the shit. Tell me everything about Sleepaway Camp. Sure, I've sort sure. of had to devise on my own certain you know, thoughts and beliefs. But he has told me he wrote a beginning and an end. And he, I said, and you filled it in with a baseball scene. Um, I think <laughs> he had no clue. Yeah, sure. And it was sort of a mixture of the 80s and what he just thought was an interesting storyline. 
Peter being trans was just Peter, but the bullying was the murdering stuff. Sure. Being bullied, which was another social, you Mm -hmm. know, um, attribute part of the film had to do with why Peter was killing. I I just spoiled the entire movie for anyone who might be listening. (laughs) Oh, come on. People have had decades to see it at this point. (laughs) I, okay. I go around the country now and I do sleepaway camp commentary, which is kind of like mystery science theater. Sure. sure. And let me, it's like a combination of Rocky horror and, and mystery science. (laughs) 90% of the audience (laughs) I'm like, who hasn't seen Sleepaway Camp? I think maybe one person hasn't. The entire audience raises their hand. I'm like, what? <laughs> wow. No, like 50%. That's an exaggeration. Well, like 50%. I've always, yeah. my take on the on the trans aspects of Sleepaway Camp has always been that it's sort of double-sided coin, right? Because on the one hand, like it's representative. And that's something that was very ahead of its time, even representing the LGBT community mm-hmm. in any way. But on the other uh-huh. hand, it also demonizes and connects the idea of being trans with being like mentally ill yeah, with and psychopathic behavior. Yeah, right? exactly. So it's so, and I'm glad we're having this discussion because I know that that is a hot topic and I know, and I'm, I have so many trans friends um, who are my family and um, I feel very connected to the LGBTQ plus yeah. community. Yeah. Very, very, hell yeah. Very You're an close. icon. Like, like it, yeah. it's the, it, I mean, I couldn't, I I felt closer in my life and more accepted and more um, secure with, from Sleepaway Camp and sort of having these conversations. Mm. And I feel as though, you know, I, I'm choosing not to believe that. I feel like it was, we are not going to marginalize. And it was just, um, again, the bullying, but you're a trans person. And yay for someone to represent, like you're represented, you know? I don't know what the sexuality is of Michael, Leatherface, um, Jason, Freddie. Right. What are they, you know? I don't know unless I talk to Robert what, you know, what he was thinking. But I believe that um, I do feel that when you're bullied that severely, and I'm, as we all are, anti-bullies, um, that... She was an anti. She was the anti-hero because she got rid of all the bad people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The victims yeah. are all humongous pieces of shit. Yeah, that well, pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Someone just brought it up to me the other day for the first time in forty years. All of the people who died were mean to Ricky. Wait yeah. a second. Let's go through it. The cook threw him against the box in the thing. Mel shook him. Mel like beat him. Um. Like, although I did kill Mel because he was kind of like on the ground. But think about it. <laughs> Judy was mean. Meg was mean. Yeah. Ricky yeah. had to be part of it. Maybe Ricky's the killer. This is what my friend thought. And oh. Angela only killed Mel and Paul. Interesting. Interesting. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that you kind of hit the hit the nail on the head, though, that that the real the real antagonist in the film is bullying. Yeah. And it's it's yes. it's more about don't pick on people because it's shitty to do that. I mean, e- even the yes. mother, right? The the weird space cadet mother, yes, who's still yes. a bully. She's bullying someone into living a life that they didn't choose, right? She's forcing this upon her kid. Absolutely, and I think the movie also helps us think about because when I, you know, when I'm on the beach with Paul, um, our own 
gender identification, our own sexual orientation. It brought up a lot of topics for 19, we filmed in 1982. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We weren't really talking about all of no. this. Not at all. So no. for that, I'm happy. For that, if it brings a topic to light yeah. and we mm. can embrace it and love it and be yeah. kind with one another, then I'm happy. Yeah, it's definitely st- have helped continue the conversation yeah. and start the conversation in a lot of different yes. communities, right? Well, it's, yeah. And it's similar yes. to like Nightmare, Nightmare 2, mm-hmm. where like when they were filming Nightmare 2, I mean, obviously the people <gasps> behind Nightmare 2 knew that there was a serious gay subtext to it. But You know, Mark Patton is one of my bestest yeah, friends. Dude, I, he is a personal hero. I think he's amazing. Amazing. I have to give a shout out to Mark for being not only one of my most favorite people on the planet, but his doc, Scream Queen, is one of the greatest documentaries. Please check it out. It's on Shudder. Mark is one of the most fascinating, beautiful, kind human souls you will ever meet. Please see him at a con if he's near your city. He's just spectacular. He's yeah. an amazing human. Hell yeah. Well, in the same uh, in the I same way that, that, that Sleepaway Camp was... was- inclusive and representative so was freddie too without people really yeah. realizing it until years later mm-hmm. right and like and and both films kind of you know they had their time when they came out but they were really really embraced years later right they were brought back yes. and loved even harder than when they were first released yeah many years later yeah and mark and i always say jesse and angela together so uh oh, yeah. yeah no that would be a great I'm, I'm here for that ship and so you you had a 15 year gap between that film and returning to acting uh yeah what was going on in that time uh i went back to junior high to eighth grade and i really wanted to study i there was only one university i wanted to go to so i wanted to have good grades and i felt like as a young person i couldn't make a great decision on whether or not i should be an actor i wasn't quite sure i really enjoyed it to spend the rest of my life in it as a career so i did some commercials and local theater and then when i did go to nyu i also took business and theater so i could kind of figure it out and it's show Smart. business so Smart. You, you have to figure that out and and then I realized it was a part of my my makeup, my fabric, being creative person. And that's when sort of the internet came out, came out, the internet came out. Uh, <laughs> it was discovered one day. It was finally discovered. All of a sudden, I have a British accent and it came about. Uh, no, all of a sudden you were like, oh, wow, there are websites dedicated to sleepaway camp people saw this movie why oh, yeah. and then some more directors you know got in touch with me via the you know my website and and then I was working and happy and knew I loved the genre more than anything on the planet and that sort of I followed just kind of a natural flow and thought wow this is all because of sleepaway camp thank you sleepaway camp yeah, that's amazing. And now you've become the hardest working woman in horror. I mean, you do so many <laughs> movies. How many movies did you do last year? Do you, do you even know? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> a lot. She's like a hundred. And... <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's it's just there's nothing that gives. I mean, other than my family, my family is sure. my everything. But I may know it. They're number one. Um, But certainly the other side of my Gemini, my Gemini being. That makes uh, my, sense. <laughs> I'm crazy. Um, no. <laughs> I know. I always say my Gemini is 
quiet and loud. Like sure. I, I love life and being loud and having fun, but then I'm, I'm a super homebody. Like Darren and I are mm-hmm. home most of the time, like just talking about movies and sure. drinking wine and having good food and just like talking to the kids. That's so life. that's awesome. That, that's yeah, all dude. we do. You're speaking my language. So in that gap, when you went to Tish, uh, I believe it's going to Tish. That is the reason you turned down the roles for Sleepaway camp part two. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Because I, had just gotten so when I was 16, I decided to apply early admission and mm-hmm. I was accepted. And it was, I think, like the next week, Michael Simpson called my manager. Mm-hmm. I had the same manager from the first uh, sleepaway camp and they asked if I would go sit with him and read with him. And I said, certainly. And I went into Manhattan and I sat with him and I sucked. I was so awful. Like I, I could not connect with this character. I was like, wait. Angela isn't shy and sweet and introverted and awkward. Uh, it was mm-hmm. like all of a sudden she's cracking jokes and right. funny and wild. Right. I was like, I don't know what this is. So I politely told my managers, like, I think, you know, he loved Pamela Springsteen. He really wanted her hmm. and I really wanted to go to school. So it was kind of like, this works out beautifully. And hmm. that yeah. was the end of that. Yeah. 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 It's a very different. Angela Baker in those movies. I mean, not just because Pamela Springsteen takes the role, but just character wise. Very oh, different. Yeah. I love her. My husband's favorite sleepaway camp is part two. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's funny. He loves part two. And my husband's biggest regret for me, because I always say I have no regrets. Everything's yeah. in your life for a reason. He's like our biggest regret is she didn't do two and three. Imagine how amazing life would be if you had done two and three. Right. <laughs> for him, for him, life for him, in I case he's like, not being clear. Are you sure you don't want to like, just... well, I, I, you know, and I was also number two in that he is madly in love with Jamie Lee Curtis. So I, he had to kind of like, she's a silver five. Yeah. He said, he's, <laughs> he is in love with oh, her. Oh, I get it. So am I. Yeah. I get it. In, She's a silver fox. In, oh, here he is. Here he is. Wait, Darren. Darren. How m- I'm on an interview right now, and we talked a lot about you, and you know, you're my husband, and everything. How <laughs> much do you love Jamie Lee Curtis? I said you settled for me. Let's let's call it what it is. This is amazing. <laughs> you what? How much do I love Jamie Lee? Curtis? <laughs> oh, be yeah. honest. Let it all hang out, or maybe Pamela Springsteen. We're not sure at this point. Part two is your favorite. Right? They were attractive because they were powerful women. Oh, oh. That's fair. Oh. They are. Come, come closer. Come he's closer. Not, he's not wrong. We need to... Pam Springsteen, not so much. Pam Springsteen, not so much. Yeah, Why? The character? Just, she's just crazy. Uh, okay, but Jamie Lee Curtis is your number one girl. Mm. Am I still, am I number one? Or she, is, uh, well, okay, we don't have to go there. Is it like the two of us side by side? Or did I, in 20 years, elevate a little? It's me first. Oh, you won? Yes. And she, she, yes. and she took Wait, number one. Yes. Otherwise, he'd be with her. They <laughs> said it would never happen. She beat out Jamie Lee Curtis and Pamela Springsteen. I beat, I beat her out. Congratulations. Woo. That's good to hear. What? He's upstairs laughing. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, don't you also answer, feel honey, like... I'll, I'll, pay, I'll pay you later. I'll pay you later. <laughs> but don't you feel like parts two and three are severely lacking in, like, surprise genitalia, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's um, the one thing those two parts, those those two versions, or those two I chapters in the two movie and were missing. Three were brilliant. I think they were so good, and I think it's because they really embraced what was happening in the eighties, like in oh, the yeah. late eighties. 
dark, you know, humor, the comedy infused with the horror. The it was campy, just campy, so campy. well done. Yeah. 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 Well, so then you, you did come back for return to Sleepaway Camp. And one of my favorite things that you've ever done is when you famously told Fangoria to just fuck off after they gave Return a <laughs> shitty review. Like, so we have a saying at Camp well, Nightmare, don't tell me what to do. And it's a lifestyle. It's a philosophy for us that yes. like, don't. and part of that is don't be a dick. And I've read so, Fangoria's review of it and they were a dick. And I love that you called them on it. I love that you that, like, is that What? You know, it's so funny because I was probably very hormonal. I was having babies. <laughs> I had three kids in four years. So sure. I was like on a loop of like lunacy, I'm sure. sure. I was crazy. And I think I was crazy. And I think I'm so protective, if you will, of Sleepaway Camp. Sure. Because truthfully, Sleepaway Camp is my baby. Like I feel like I I raised it and watched it grow into this mm-hmm. adult and I'm it's been it, uh, like I've said a million times it's given me a life it gave me a husband it gave me kids it gave me a career I, I'll never sure I can't show my gratitude enough so I think I must have been a little hormonal and cuckoos <laughs> because I did I go off people remind me now they're like dude little, you went I off. mean no no I don't think it was irrational or misplaced in any way same which is why their review of Return really wasn't didn't sit well with me because Fangoria is historically sort of backed the underdog movies. They've sort of backed the. I mean, yeah, the, Fangoria, especially now, they just they don't give yeah, bad reviews of horror movies. They just, they just went, talk about how much they love them. Yeah, and the fact that they went so hard on Return to Sleepaway Camp. Was it? Like, but there were like two reviews, and they were both really shitty. Yeah, and <laughs> there were like two. I was like, wait, it was bad when there was one. Now there's two. I can deal with one. Well, I'm just, two Fangoria. I, I always get impressed when artists defend their shit, man. Yeah. Because art is subjective. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's there's not good or bad art. And I hate when things like Fangoria try to say this is good art or bad art. And I love that you defended it. Because art, it's your baby, like you said. Yeah. It's but- like my little baby. And I love them so much that I probably felt like, and I love Michael Gingold. He's, like, a good friend of mine, a really good friend of mine. And I think... I felt almost like, you know how you can tell family the truth? Oh, for sure. Like, sure. I can tell my husband, like, what the fuck's, what are you doing? Or what are you, you know, why? So I think I probably was going there with them because I, I, I was working there for a while. Sure. I was a consultant and um, I did feel like they were my family and I still sure. do. I mean, I had my podcast with them, with Kane and Tiffany and, um, and I still Casualty feel- Friday, right? casualty friday and i still feel unbelievably close to them i love i love fangori today um phil he's just outstanding Mm -hmm. he's amazing but i felt like i could say my my true authentic heart you know and it was probably shitty and stupid of me and i know you're saying like oh you were protecting your baby but i think that there's ways to execute Let's put sure. it that way. Sure. And I yeah, I get calibrate. That. I get that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah, I, I should you. have taken a moment. I, but that's me. I'm very fiery. Sure. Like as soon as um I will love you with everything. When you're in my life, you like I'm in love with you. I'm loyal to forever and ever and ever. But also like you're going to deal with some fire because I'm, um, <laughs> you know, Sicilian and 
I'm because she's spicy. Not, I'm crazy. I'm spicy. Yeah, yeah no, like she's a, spicy. Yeah, caliente. I, I I'm get caliente. It. I get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's talk. Let's talk about the last drive-in for a bit, because like we've had, <gasps> we we have a complicated relationship with Joe Joe Bob Briggs. We tried to meet him oh. once, and he just sort of stared at us blankly. <laughs> But we uh, we have a good relationship with John Brennan. We John do. Brennan's we love John show, Brennan. He's, he's, he's a, a good, friend. He's a friend. Yeah, he's a good oh, dude. I love, I love John. I love Joe Bob. I love Darcy. Give Hell me yeah. this. They're, they're great. I'll I'll work it all out. Well, we think it's great that you guys just feel like a. And the, from what John has told us too, it, it's all a big warm family over there. You know. Oh, and, we are a big family. We are. We are a big family. Hell yeah. Right. So I just wanted, yeah, talk about a little bit what it's like when you when you get to come on the show and what that feels like, what the what the sex oh, environment's it's like. Like probably if there are five things in my life that I am so thankful for and like proud of, again aside from my family, um, it's it's the last drive-in and Joe Bob, mm. oh, and yeah. I think it's because I feel like he could have called, you know, that marathon was exceptional to mm-hmm. to be a guest on his oh there he goes see darren's leaving blasting his metal music um <laughs> i think being like a part of his family and being there at the marathon sort of just i don't can't explain it like gave me something in my heart like this peace in sure. my soul that i was like Wow. And I'm forever grateful to Joe Bob, to James A. Janice, who's dead has the Dead Me channel. He does mm-hmm. the Kill Count show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um uh, they they like sort of infused new life into Sleepaway Camp, and I'm just grateful for that. And yeah. and it's not only because oh you did something for me; it's because I love you. I love who you are. I love what you do. I love what you give to this community. This community is everything to me. The yeah. horror genre community is everything to me. And when you give love, I want to give you love. Sure. You know, when you give love to everyone in this community, I, I feel like I just want to squeeze you and hug you. <laughs> yeah. And that's what that's what really is the best part about it. Like no other genre of entertainment has this community, nope. I don't feel like, that nope. is so inclusive and, and it's so non-judgmental. It is the most my best friends, like truly my deepest, bestest friends. If I had to call like 10 people right now, I met them all at conventions. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure within the I past, it. like within the past decade. And you are like, always when, at conventions. Yeah, you are. You, you live like, on the road. Are... I am obsessed. I think it's because not only not only is my love for the genre so deep, but my love for people and this particular community, because we're all we're one. Mm-hmm. And I and like I said earlier, I finally feel like um secure. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in all aspects with myself, with with feeling comfortable being amongst a group of people who I feel so warm and so much love with. Yeah. I can't explain it. It's like, you know, you're in high school, you're awkward, you feel weird, you come home, you're like, what hell? I see that or I was always questioning myself. Like I was so insecure about how I looked, about everything so insecure that I finally found peace. Don't make me, you're going to make me cry. Now I'm going to cry. The cons are like the Island of Misfit Toys where everyone just goes we and they all, all like, yeah, think, we all, we all love each other. Yeah. Well, and it's funny cause Jordan and I have always felt that way with the show. Like that's why we do the show because it's this inclusive community that everybody can feel can kind of carve out a niche for in it. 
Um, and like we, so we just talked to Ray Santiago a couple weeks ago from Ash vs. Evil oh, Dead, and, yeah. and he, uh, he was talking like he apparently he's very introverted, I think, by nature. So he mm-hmm. gets really overwhelmed at conventions when it's just people, people, people. I feel like you're the opposite. I feel like you're an extrovert, and that shit just feeds you. It, it, it's, I, you know, it's so funny. I, well, while I was in Nashville last week with uh the the most beautiful and amazing Stacy and her husband, Ben Dixon, they run uh, the full moon tattoo and horror oh, film cool. festival. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we sat around and like, we were talking about it, how, you know, some people, I get it. Like some people, they're actors, you know, and sure. because I'm a little lap dog, like when I'm obsessed with you and you're an actor and I'm like, I'll become obsessed with like Naomi Grossman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to run to her table and like jump on her and like kiss her and lick her and like be all <laughs> over. But I, I often forget like she, not her in particular because she's like me, she's high energy and loves it. Sure. But if it's an actor who's maybe a little bit more introverted, they're an actor. So they're doing their job and then they come to the convention, and they're signing. But for me, it's like, it is my life, my world, my like, I want to be the first one there and the last one to leave. I don't want it to end. Sure. And sure. it's it's it goes far beyond like, you know, acting in movies or producing movies or whatever. It's it's just a, a lifestyle of meeting people, loving people. Yeah. And the connection of people, because that's all we're going to take with us. And I learned that really early. I just posted my dad died when I was 20. And mm. the one thing I learned was. We ain't taking nothing with us except how you made the other person feel. Yep. So if you're shitty, unfortunately, we're going to remember you're shitty. Yeah. But if you're beautiful and gracious and loving, oh my gosh, you are delicious and you made life so much greater and brighter. Yeah. I agree with what you just said on a deep level. I think that so many, so many people go through life trying to figure out what the purpose what their purpose in life is and like dude it's really simple just try to leave the world a better place than you found it right oh, right it. it's that simple. Yeah. yes like, it's that that's it and it can be as profound as you want try to find something you love to do do it and make the world better yes yeah if you can make the world a little bit more beautiful by doing something awesome and sometimes that means you're a really good accountant right like sometimes that means <laughs> oh my god you and we need are the them. best roy yeah. rogers employee ever yeah. like, like but like hell yeah Oh my gosh, yeah. Sometimes it means you're an actor for sure. Sometimes it means you're a teacher. Sometimes you could be all those things. You could be an actor, you could be an Uber driver, you could be for working sure. at McDonald's, and you are making everybody's day because you're doing so many great things. You're yeah. helping people get from place to place. You're feeding people. You're, yeah. you know, entertaining people. Whatever it is, just be the greatest like lover of that and towards others. Give your heart, and that's all we that's all we need in life. Hell yeah, yeah, and that's the best that's the best you can do. So, Felissa, I know we only have a couple minutes with you before before you're out, Aww. which is a shame. We've loved talking with you so much. I love talking to you. Thank you. But we we want to ask what you have coming out soon that people should look out for. I know you shoot 200 movies every like few weeks, <laughs> but like, what's the what's the stuff yeah. you're excited about? Give us that's the top out? five projects that you yeah. have coming out. The Wait. top five projects coming out. Um, I'm super excited for Go Away, 
Dave okay. Kerr. Oh, yeah, Dave's oh, new project. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Dave Kerr. Dave Kerr, go away. I play drunk Aunt Mary. I loved every every second of it. Did you with shoot Tom that out Matthews. here as uh, on these Yes, shows? yep, we did. And it's with Tuesday Night and Tom Matthews, two of my favorite people. Yes. Oh, we, we love Tom Matthews. Tom was on the show love, as well. We love oh, him. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. I think dude. I'm a little obsessed with both of them. Um, Terrifier 2. Yes. yes. We are so excited about that. Obsessed. So, so excited about that. So, so happy. Um, I am super excited for, <laughs> you're making me choose, no I'm kidding, Massacre Academy. Okay. So, so happy. That's okay. a, a great one. I had a ball on that, it's on exciting. that film. Um, I am happy about two films I produced called Time's Up and Dark Circles. Um, Ooh, I've heard, I've been hearing a little bit about Time's Up. Yeah. Time's Up was so fun. Um, written and directed by my buddy Elsie Holt, who's just a phenomenal talent, and Cheney Morrow and Damon Faye and Hannah Thierman and Kamara Cole and so many just beautiful people in it. And I'm working with them all next week on Late Checkout. We oh, all fly nice. to Raleigh, North Carolina. Beautiful Raleigh, North Carolina. Beautiful North Carolina. We bunk in a cabin and we're going to nice. get Fuck down yeah. and dirty. Why? And they're going to open some Jaeger. Oh no! no. <laughs> There's gonna be a stick Fight with a nail other. in it somewhere. You know, I had to, <laughs> and now I have to stick to vodka or Pinot Grigio. I have, um, to, yeah. I have to do light. I, more it, I highly suggest gentle. the Pinot Grigio. The Pinot Grigio, like <gasps> you can't go wrong with. In my, you opinion. know what? I'm gonna have a little tonight because um, Darren and I are gonna take the kids out to dinner, and I'm gonna have a little Pinot Grigio. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna cheers to you thank because. You. I thank you for having me and listening to my crazy ass. Absolutely. Oh, it's our your pleasure. Patience, and you are so awesome. Oh, thank me, you. So are you, Felissa. I love your passion. Thank you. We love your passion, thank Felissa. Thank you thank so you. much for taking the time of being with us today. Thank you for being amazing and <laughs> yeah. for being in the genre. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Ma'am. Good night, Felissa. Have a beautiful night. <laughs> All right, so there you have it, everybody. That's our conversation with Felissa Rose. I hope you guys loved it as much as we did. We seriously, like, we had so much fun. Yeah, she's my hero, man. Like, Mm -hmm. you get what I'm saying? Like, minutes into the interview, she greeted us like she knew us already. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, like... You'd think someone who works as much as she does and does as many movies would be, like, exhausted. She has no end to her energy, and I love that. Yeah, it's wonderful. And it's funny, (laughs) because, like, I can see why that would, like, overwhelm certain people. Sure. Right? Like, because I hear stories about people, like, being overwhelmed by Felissa Rose, and I get (laughs) get it now, because, like... I was right on that. She's a force of nature. Yeah, it was just really, it was a really good time, man. I hope you guys enjoyed it. So you guys, if you guys enjoyed the conversation, go to campnightmare.com where you can check out all kinds of other interviews that we've done over the years. And you can also check out Campfire Tales and hear some scary stories and go to the merch store where you can pick up some Camp Nightmare apparel. Some, uh, I think we got some hats left. We got all kinds of new stickers. Uh, we have some new stuff coming. I don't think we're quite ready to, an- to announce it yet. Yeah. But I promise you, you're going to want it. Yeah, we're going to have a nice merch drop coming at you this summer. And if you guys really want more camp, head over to patreon.com slash camp nightmare and you can sign up for any tier on our Patreon. We get your name on the website, gets you a postcard from us uh, or gets you exclusive episodes or maybe even a scary story written about you. Yeah. Uh, and while we're here, don't forget to go to wonderbk.com. Check out our sponsor, Wonderbook and Video. Um, if you're in the Frederick, Gaithersburg, or Hagerstown area, there's a Wonderbook that you can go to physically. Yes. Um, but if you're not, you can go to wonderbk.com and check out their entire online catalog. Shit you can't even find in stores. So That's do right. that. I guess for this week, I'm JB. And I'm Jordan. Uh, nothing 
is real. Do not tell us what to do. Thanks for listening to Camp Nightmare. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Slasher. And for full Campfire Tales, interviews, X-Files, and more, visit CampNightmare.com. And join our Patreon community of happy campers for monthly secret episodes, exclusive merch deals, B-movie watch-alongs, access to our Discord channel, and more. Visit Patreon.com slash Camp Nightmare.